This is the Huddle. Every Thursday from noon to two. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Let's go in. The Huddle. This is the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. We are going to be joined by some of your favorite Seahawks voices today. Ray Roberts, Steve Rabel, John Boyle joining us in hour two. Evan Brown going to join us in about 15, 16 minutes before we get to it, though, guys. And before we get to previewing too much of this Monday night game against the Eagles, let's look back at a loss to the 49ers. Dave, I'll start with you, and that being my own disappointment, because they were in this one. I know. You know what I mean? It wasn't a Thanksgiving day where you're like, well, at least I have all this food to eat. It was it was a game where, you know, they, they had some nice momentum at times. I didn't even have any food to eat on Thanksgiving. We didn't do anything. <laughs> you were working on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, that one felt from the first drive that the Niners were going to dominate yeah. them. But this one, it just, there was a lot to like. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but... I think a couple of things. One is that um, I was very impressed with Drew, and I thought he was – talked to him right after the game on fifth quarter, and he was very calm and just was like, you know, no problem. Didn't, you know, miss the reps during the week, but he – I thought he was very composed. Um, you know, he, he threw a couple of very questionable throws. The one where he was like three yards past the line of scrimmage, I was like – yeah, that was kind of a rookie move. <laughs> that was just a wing um, it moment. Just we'll see yeah, what happens. But, uh, but other than that, I thought that was good. I thought both of our running backs, I think you saw that Ken Walker can play hurt. And, you know, he wasn't 100%. And he still was just grinding for everything. That one play where I was afraid he was going to blow his knee out, where he spun around. Yeah. And then Charbonnet making Dre Greenlaw miss in, in like a five-foot wide gap. That's significant to me. That's like him making – he also made a DB miss on the sideline. So I thought those two guys really matched up well against the two linebackers. And then the other thing – this might sound crazy, but I feel like the defensive errors were so obvious and glaring that they're an easy fix. Was it more so than in games past? Because yes. for me, sometimes missed tackling has felt like, come on, especially with certain players. But, like, did this feel more egregious to you? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it was just, yeah, there was missed tackles. And, you know, that's that's been kind of a problem for this defense. But just not turning and running with a crossing route, being flat-footed, biting up on a play-action pass. And Pete you know, said you know, all week they worked on it that they don't run the ball on second and nine, you know. <laughs> so they just they were so bad that like it's i feel like okay those are like the that's like a rookie mistake basically mm-hmm. on defense so i feel like that can be that can be fixed so um yeah i'll be very curious to see though you know pete a little irritated uh, this mm-hmm. this week and i don't blame him and also i think i use the line uh, my wife always uses don't don't mistake my kindness for weakness, you know, and I think that's Pete might come out with something, you know, interesting. Maybe somebody gets benched or somebody's on a very short leash or you see the same guys go out there and play the way that they're supposed to play. So I, I think I think he probably brought the hammer down defensively on some of those things. Look, they have they have amazing weapons, but they're not that amazing. The four guys, Ayuk and Kittle and and McCaffrey and and. Uh, Who's the other one? Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Those four guys had like 440 yards. So yeah, it was that that part was pretty ridiculous. Yep. And I think the more ridiculous it was, the more <clears throat> easily it is, more easy it is to to fix those kinds of problems. More than 500 yards of total offense. Did you notice some of the same stuff when it came to the defense? What was sticking with you? Um, 
little things, right? Uh, all week, I feel like I've been looking at the text lines and, and reading, and people are really looking at the coordinator saying, what is he doing? The guys aren't where they're supposed to be. But then when you watch the film, you're like, I'm okay with the scheme. These guys aren't where they're supposed to be, right? You can kind of say, well, because as, as Dave knows, he can probably explain it better than me, defense is all about fits, right? You got to fit in every gap. Someone has to contain the edge. Someone fills the alley, and you keep everything in front of you on the back end. It sounds simple. Um, it's, it's complicated at times to execute when you got moving pieces and all that. But I'm looking at where guys are supposed to be, and I go, I don't think it's a scheme at all. It's just guys aren't being where they're supposed to be. And that's why Pete Carroll sounds frustrated because sometimes Pete Carroll does a good job of, of getting in front of people and taking the blame and saying, look, I got to do better. I have to do this. It's all on me. It falls on me. And even last week when he was frustrated and he's saying, look, guys are not where they're supposed to be, he always backs it up with, but I'll make sure they're good to go. Um, this is the first time where I felt like peace, like, goodness gracious, fellas. Yeah. Just line up. Like, you what know? more do you want from me? <laughs> be, do what you're supposed to do and we'll be fine. So um, this is uh, this is where you lean on culture the most, man, right? When you got people doubting everything people are doubting the coordinators the head coach the players who should be quarterback i mean everything's in doubt right now so hopefully they use that this week uh to to galvanize and uh and put up a, a good fight on monday uh, yeah and i'm, I'm kind of pissed for pete like you know he, he treats guys really well yep. this is a really good facility um there and the older i get the more i'm put it on the players you know like the coaches can't go out there and play they they're gonna they can't go out there and get you lined up you have rules uh, i guarantee you so you know the first play i had a hard time figuring out like exactly i mean you you saw the defensive end get his shoulders turned which is bad you saw over pursuit mm -hmm. but you know so digs go up and kind of bury himself and that one was you know kind of like uh, I, don't, I don't really you know pointing the blank i wouldn't point my finger at anybody because i don't know what their rules are mm -hmm. you know and what you know that's that's the one thing i think people thought they had it figured out and you know you don't know what what everybody's responsibility is so that's why i didn't really point fingers on that one but you know the other ones were mm -hmm. pretty obvious yeah um so yeah i I, yeah, like I said, I was kind of, I was kind of angry for Pete because he's like, you know, the way he answered that is like, wait, you guys aren't, you're, you don't realize how good you have it here and you're not, <laughs> you're not studying, you're not putting in extra time, you're not being responsible in your gaps and fits and things like that. Yeah, the older I get, the more I, I, I'm like, come on, man. This was players, a players gotta super do sweet 16 moment of like, oh, I'm sorry, you wanted the BMW and I got you a Lexus instead. Like, that must be <laughs> so horrible. But I do have a, a follow-up when we were talking about scheme and we were talking about all of this. There also are a lot of new faces on defense. Now, we are heading into week 15, where saying, like, the season's just starting is no longer an excuse you can use. But, Dave, do you think that there's any part of still having a new group that's playing a role here, or is this just self-discipline not being in action? I think it's self-discipline. Um, I do think, and I heard you mention it on the way in, I think, Bump, you did um, – and I had forgotten about Uchenna Nuosu. Really, I because look, Daryl Taylor's a fantastic uh, pass rusher, but there's a couple three times where I mentioned guys getting turned, mm -hmm. you know, and the and you got to stay square to the line of scrimmage and be able to get off blocks. And sometimes that's not his strong suit. So yeah, I do, I do kind of uh, do kind of miss Uchenna. That, yeah. That's a shame.
Um, let's uh, we, we have a couple minutes. We haven't really talked about the offense much. Granted, the defense was the story of this one. Again, you allowed over 500 yards uh, of, of total offense from the 49ers. You allowed a lot of explosive plays, five plays of 30 or more yards, including two touchdown plays, one of, of 50 plus yards, one of 40 plus yards. But let's talk about the offense. Now, uh, there's a belief that Gino could return for this one, so we may not be looking at Drew. But I feel as though uh, while they you know, didn't get 21-plus points, the offense was, was kind of functioning early bump. And then maybe did, 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 was this Shane Waldron taking his foot off the gas? <clears throat> what happened here? Um, I always giggle a little bit when I hear people saying like stuff like that. I'm not saying you think yeah. this. Um, I didn't hear a giggle when they say. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's kind of those those giggles like when you write LOL when yes. you text somebody yeah, back. But you didn't internally really you're like kind of smirking, <laughs> but you didn't really do it. Hours um, and I think there's no way Shane's calling plays go. All right, now let's calm down a little bit. Yeah. Right, let's let's slow it down a little bit. Let's let's, let's not be let's as score aggressive. Less. Yeah, I think um, just within a game. There's so many variables, right? Um, your right guard maybe isn't executing a certain play. Um, your receivers aren't aren't able to get open. Your quarterback's not comfortable um, running certain plays or, or making certain throws, right? Um, but it, it's, it feels like it, it seems like as the game goes on, the offense struggles a bit. I just hope that Shane Waldron taps back in to that drive they had um, when Kobe Parkson scored a touchdown. It was only a three-play drive, but the tight ends got involved. And there was moving on the offensive line. Uh, there were play action. Uh, it was it was beautiful. It was only three plays, but it was beautiful. You got the linebackers moving. There was deception. So um, I, I think the more that you can do that, the better. And uh, but sometimes you got to play straight up football in this lineup and go. But I think, and I really believe this. I think that um, last week he might have found something in that play calling just with that drive, man, because that was one of the more creative drives I've seen in a while. I really enjoyed that play real quick yeah. because it's such a copycat league. Whenever our defense would get beat by a certain play, Chuck Knox would put that in his offense. Yep. And that play that you talked about to Kobe, the Cleveland Browns ran that on us, uh, and Joku scored a touchdown with the. And also, that's hard to execute for a backup quarterback. You you got a fake screen this way, fake screen this way, tight end bleeds down the middle of the field, and that's also what the the Niners ran on them last year yeah. yep. to George Kittle. So um, I thought the execution on that was really good by uh, by uh, Locke. And oh, why do I want to say Drew Brees? <laughs> Drew Locke. They're both Drews. Yeah, he kind of played like that. But I, I uh, yeah, I was very impressed by that play, and I enjoyed the hell out of that one because, you know, I, I love it when the, the copycat plays come back to, to bite you. Uh, today is kind of like a Wednesday at the facility. That means that instead of hearing from Gino later in the show, we're going to hear from Pete Carroll. So that press conference coming up at 40 after first, though, we're going to hear from one of the players. Evan Brown joins us. Don't go anywhere. This, this is the Huddle, presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to two on Seattle Sports. It is the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacy Ross. We're gonna uh, bring on Evan Brown here, I believe, uh, right off the practice field. Practice just ending right now, so. I may interrupt us when he gets here, but uh, but guys, let's get started talking about this uh, Monday Night Eagles game. And Bump, I'll start with you. Both you and Wyman actually believe the same thing, so you guys are going to be bouncing off each other anyways yeah. here. You guys think that this is a game that can be won? It can. Now, I know that when you think about this team, you think of Jalen Hurts. Yes. You think of Brown. You think of Smith. 
Um, you got DeAndre Swift, who's having his best year as a professional this year, 882 yards, I believe, on the ground, 206 receiving. Um, and I go, yeah, you should be worried about those guys because they can make some plays. But I look at this defense and I go, 28th against the pass, 28th in scoring. Um, you have older guys at the corner spot, still still some good football players. And I go, look, man, there's some things that you have to do, right? <laughs> you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you got to be up at halftime. What? You have to rush for 100 yards. Okay. Uh, their defense isn't good on third downs. And 70% of the time when teams get into the red zone, they score touchdowns. The opposition scores touchdowns. So I see that and I go, offense, carry the squad, defense, a couple of stops here and there, get the balls of the offense, change field position. But I like the matchup with this offense against this Philly defense. Good defensive line. They they really do. But uh, their linebackers are not great. And so I feel like I talked about the matchup with mm-hmm. uh, with our running backs and, you know, two of the best, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. I have such a lower opinion of Fred Warner now. Man. With that shove on DK that in the bold. back. And the then, way he was celebrating and And then stuff. acting all innocent mm-hmm. about it. I, I really used to like that guy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like their yeah, their linebackers can be had. Uh, I this is a, a game where I, I feel like there's going to be some fury coming out of that tunnel when it starts because I imagine that Pete has laid down the law this week, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. This is a team, you know, since this is Pete's 14th year, mm-hmm. they've missed the playoffs three times so far. So, you know, this is, this is a well-coached team. I think people are underselling Pete. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I thought that they would uh, actually have uh, an above 500 record last year because of Pete and John. So now, hey, have we heard anything on Spoon? I know that it, it, that he uh, has a chance to return this week. Yeah, yeah. that's I just well, had, had looked this morning. But yeah, I mean, I, to me, that kid is amazing. He really is. I did a football one-on-one on him. He is so, I'm so glad that they took him because we're facing Jalen Carter this week. And I know he has a touchdown and four sacks. He just picked up a ball the other day, mm-hmm. but he's got a couple forced fumbles. But I'm, I'm taking Spoon, man. Guy has broken up 16 passes now. Um, he really should have four sacks. I think he has three. Uh, should have two interceptions instead of one, but those were called <laughs> back. Like I like to say, that still happened. Yep. He still did that. <laughs> those yep. stats counted. Yeah. That was what Schlereth told us about because he's in Denver, and he hates the Chiefs, and he was perfectly fine with that you know, offsides yeah. penalty because it, like, it was really enjoyable to watch, and yeah. it didn't count. Right. <laughs> and it absolutely Yeah, hurt. but I mean, yeah, I loved watching uh, those two plays that didn't count for Devin and I'm going to I'm going to continue to remember those. So, he still made those plays. He didn't do anything wrong on those plays that somebody else did, but uh yeah, he's just I think I don't want to say that the whole thing pins on him, but sure. I would feel so much better if he was playing and healthy. Well, I think anytime you have difference makers out there, right? And it, yeah. honestly, you know, to your point, Wyman, Pete Carroll after the game and Pete Carroll on Monday talked about Devin Witherspoon, particularly on Monday in his press conference and kind of said, I'm paraphrasing, you do wonder what would have happened if he was out there. Yeah. Talking about in that game itself, right? Yeah. Saying like, look, one of our big players was taken out well you don't have all your dogs out there you right. know the, the fight is a little little different and that, that's no knock on anybody who backs up Devin Witherspoon but my coach used to tell me he goes um, my freshman year and my rookie year they go what after 
four or five games. You're not a rookie anymore. Like you don't have the experience as these guys, these other guys. But you're no longer a rookie, and if you're getting playing time, we depend on you. And he's a guy that they depend on to make plays. Mm-hmm. So you have to wonder, right? Um, and he's one of your better tacklers too. Right? Yeah. Um, he brings an attitude to that team. So it's always the uh, uh, what if, you know? And uh, I still think the Niners probably win that game, but you never know. Maybe there's an interception. Maybe there's a forced fumble. Um, but, yeah, you, you always wonder we don't have all your guys out there what could have been. So um, I hope he's ready to go this week, just like I hope Geno's ready to go this week because um, there's a real opportunity here against Philly. Yeah, he's got 70 tackles now, close to 70 tackles, uh, Spoon does. Go watch that first play. He was on the way backside, and he hustled his tail off all the way downfield. And if you look at the end, somebody comes and blocks him, and it looks like it's going to knock him over. He stays on his feet. Mm-hmm. He's like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, we were What's just up? talking. I was talking about, about you, you, Evan. <laughs> What's up, Evan? Evan, hi. Good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Evan Brown walking over uh, straight from practice. Evan, uh, I'm most curious about asking you just about the vibe with the team. What was it like showing up to practice today? Like, what what, what happened? What was uh, what was the vibe? Yeah, I think it's just um, you know, can't get too high with highs, can't get too low with lows. You know, you you got to come to work every week and go out and you know treat every week as it's a a one week game. You know, it's your one practice of the week for that day, and just go out and attack each day the same way every time. Evan, um, you know, I coach <coughs> high school football, right? And uh, every time we have, like, some type of trick play, I go over to the referees and go, hey, man, watch for this. This is going to happen. Our guys will have enough guys on the line. Like, don't don't worry. Do you go and talk to them about the head bob? Because sometimes they'll call a, a false start on you. And sometimes I go, he just did the same thing, and there was no flag thrown. Is that a conversation you have? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you know, doing, doing the same thing each week and, you know, trying to keep it consistent. Um you know, just got to got to do our best to not, you know, make it look like we're trying to draw them off sides. I guess that's so tough. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, you know, just you know, can't let one play affect you. You know, just gotta gotta move on I from. Them, I, I guess this is what we're gonna do after the season. We're gonna go have a beer. You're gonna tell me how you really feel about that. Because I feel <laughs> like I feel like you, you think you're gonna get fined. You know, like the refs are listening or something. So I got you. We'll we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> well, they typically help you out though, right? I mean the. I've had oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, I, you, you, have, you have conversations with them about stuff, uh, yeah. you know, after after the fact. So yeah, see. Hey, how different was it with? Uh, I thought Drew did a great job. Just tell us about his demeanor. I mean, I don't, I don't think he took reps during the week, right? Because we thought uh, Gino, or did he? Get did, no, yeah, he took took a couple. Took yeah. um, you know, uh, half most of Thursday and and all of Friday in there with us. So yeah, yeah no, he did did a great job. You know, he came out and you know led us out there and, and commended the offense well. And, you know, obviously, no matter your, uh, you know, first time with the team or a 10-year start, you know, there's always things you can do better, always things you can improve on. So just, you know, learn from the reps. And, yeah, I think you did a fantastic job with us. Was Gino able to work today with you guys? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. he's, he's, you know, we're, we just walk You're not going to be so. in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to hear from, from Carolyn. Like you're going to get him in trouble. <laughs> you're not going to be in trouble. He will get the same question, and he'll say the same thing. But that way we know for our own conversation. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, – it's uh, it's really interesting. We've gotten a lot of questions from people that are going, God, did I just like, uh, you know, when you get into a place where you don't want to be as a team, right? Which that's not hurting anyone's feelings to say you guys don't want to be, you know, sitting at 500 or below. You 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 want to be better than of course, that. Yeah. I, I we've gotten a lot of questions about overall talent, and uh, and Bump and I tend to agree with this one that there's more talent than the record would indicate. How much do you truly? 
believe in that when you look around just the offensive room? Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, we've got talent playmakers, you know, guys who can play very well all across the board. And I think it just comes down to, you know, executing as all 11 on the field at the same time, you know. The, the arguments always go, you know, a defense can have guys get beat and one guy make a great play mm -hmm. and plays play worked out great for them. Offense, you have 10 guys do it great and one guy get beat and it's, right. it's a bad play. So, you know, it's just about all 11 doing, you know, their job each play, playing and play out and putting as many of those in a row together as you can. Every week I, I watch you guys' film and I see Shane add a little wrinkle there, a little wrinkle here. Um, how do you, what do you think of the progression of the offense this year? Am I seeing that correctly? Is Shane opening up the playbook for you guys a bit more every single week? And, and what does that do for the offensive line as far as his excitement about the game plan? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a combination of things, you know, you got to have wrinkles here, different changes there, you know, given different looks, depending on what we think is going to work well this week, what, you know, maybe a team doesn't do well, what they do do well, you know, may take some things away, but open other things with what you do. So I think it's just about attacking each team based upon what they give you and, you know, executing those plays that you have in that week. Evan, we always talk about how the offensive line, you know, needs to be together and, you know, need to, you know, play beside one another and get the consistency and stuff. Is that maybe overdone? Because you guys are all in the room together. And, I mean, does it make a that big of a difference for you as far as, like, communication with, with your two guards? Is that as um, advertised? Yeah, it's definitely – you know, I've, I've always said, you know, you have your practice reps together, you have, you know, preseason, but nothing beats a game rep. So, yeah, you know, the communication between guys is, is you know, interchangeable and, and that kind of things. But it's just kind of, and at least, you know, the way I think about it is just how your combinations fit, whether it's, you know, pass pro to run pro, you know, different combinations. Guys play it differently. They've just based upon how they how they're comfortable with it you know their technique may change forcing you know your technique when you're working with them to change so it's just about knowing who you're working against knowing who you're working with and knowing how they set how they play each block and you know playing off that evan if i said you get um uh, 50 million dollars if you complete this task you have to choose a player on the team that is not an offensive lineman and you have like three days to teach him how to play center and he has <laughs> to start in your place who are you choosing? <laughs> oh, man. That's it's, tough. It's, I mean, it could be Tyler Lockett. He's a smart guy. Witherspoon. Yeah. Witherspoon. Got to have a guy, got to have somebody with a little, little, a little size. Right? <laughs> a little size, smart. You get $50 can't, million. Can't pick, dollars. can't pick a defensive guy because don't know the playbook. I'm, yeah. I'm probably taking my guy Disley. I okay. say, you I'm, take, I'm taking this right. and I'm, I'm throwing him in there. Smart guy, knows what he's doing. That's, okay. my, that's my answer for sure. What if it was one of us? <laughs> it's gotta be tame. Think I'm going with you there. You know, you got. Okay, that's fine. Biggest in the room. That's that's the best I got to go off Whatever. of there. I'm gonna show you my knee after. Uh, it's a little little, little beat up. <laughs> got the help on my I feel side. That. Yeah, he is yeah. Evan Brown. Uh, thankfully, he will be uh, playing at center and and not us uh, or or Will. No offense to Will. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for Thanks, joining Evan. us. Definitely appreciate, appreciate you. Thanks for having uh, me. All right, you guys. We are gonna hear from Pete in a bit. Don't go anywhere. This, this is the Huddle, presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply, every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports.
This is The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. You guys are going to hear from Pete Carroll coming up in just a few minutes. I can tell you that one of the updates, it's positive. Geno Smith went through the morning walkthrough. Evan Brown joined us a bit ago and said that uh, he was able to go through walkthrough with those guys. How much of a difference does it make in your guys' general confidence level if it's Geno versus Drew starting? Oh, you go with the starter all day. Yeah. He's a starter for a reason. He probably has a better grasp on the playbook. Um, he's familiar in the huddle. He's familiar with offensive coordinator. Whenever you got a chance for QB1 to play, uh, you automatically have a better chance to win. Yeah, and Gino, I mean, he showed in that um, the Dallas game, he really threw some great passes in that in that game. I think that gave him a lot of confidence. And, I, you know, it's funny. I love calling the games from that stadium down there because you're looking right down on, on top of the, the team. And DK, they were working it, man. They were – now I feel like – Gino would have maybe found him down there because they, he was manned up down yeah. there, and so just I'm watching him. Too. Then they then they ran a little uh, crossing route with Disley, just to kind of get him to suck up a little bit, and then they tried to run him down the sidelines, and he gets the pass interference. I think it was Lenore, mm-hmm. so you know that that worked okay. But I was I was thinking, man, he he's gonna he's gonna get, and I feel so much more confident with Gino throwing that ball than Drew. Uh, but that doesn't that's not a knock on on Drew Locke. But I also wonder if uh, he didn't get a lot of reps. At least that's what he told me. I think Evan said he he had a, a few here and there. But sometimes when you go out and just kind of wing it and go, hey, nobody expected me yeah. to be here. I'm gonna go, but. You know, if he goes through a whole week of practice and everything, maybe the pressure mounts mm-hmm. and, and builds. But, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with Gino. And Gino's been – look, he's been he's been good this year. He just – I don't think he took the step that everybody thought he would take right. based on his performance last year. We are going to hear more from Pete Carroll. That press conference coming your way next. This, this is the Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. You are listening to the Huddle, and we are taking a listen to Pete Carroll right now. Okay, uh, we've had an extra day here because of the Monday night that uh, we're taking full advantage of. It feels a lot, a lot longer of a break than just one day uh, just because we get out of routine, but uh, it's good for us, and we're trying to take advantage of that. Um, we'll have a lot of guys practicing today, and, and uh, we're in pretty good shape that way. Um, this is a, 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 a great matchup for us uh, playing the world champs in, in, on Monday night. Um, it's about as fun as he's going to get. So uh, there is so much at stake from this point forward. There's so much uh, with five other teams that are that are vying for this spot. It's a it's a it's a run to the finish and see who who wins the race. And uh, it's exciting. And we got to make the most of it and be tuned into it. And everybody's is well aware we haven't missed that point uh, from the other night. Um, so everybody knows what's going on. And we got to put together a great week to prepare and make sure that we we get this done. It's it's going to be a great challenge. This is a, fi- a fine football team and. Uh, with the winning mentality and all that, but uh, that's the kind of challenges we got to take on to get there. So um, it hasn't changed much. It's been kind of like this for a while, and so I'm not concerned about our ability to uh, to take up the challenge and and do the things we need to do to get it done. We just got to come out with a W. So that's that's the big challenge. Um, uh, Gino's went through the walkthrough today. He's going to practice today. Um, uh, he had a good lift this morning, so uh, we'll see how each day goes. We'll go one day at a time and figure that out. But I know it's a big concern to everybody. But he feels really good, and, and uh, he threw the heck out of the ball in the, in the morning session. So we'll see what happens today uh, with the really hope uh, that he's 
he's ready to go. And if not, Drew's going to be there. We'll, we'll mix reps to make sure that everybody's prepared. Um, but that's a good sign for us. Um, and you know, hoping for Gino's sake, he wants to play in the worst way. So um, that's where it is, and we're re- ready to get cranked up and go. How was Gino moving around today? He's, he was fine. <laughs> yeah, he did everything. He did, he moved around just fine. It was a walkthrough. And so we'll go to practice this afternoon and see how that goes and just take one session at a time. But he feels really good. He's ready to go. How about Devin Witherspoon? How's he doing for you? Um, he, he won't work today. He won't rest him a little bit longer. And we won't know. We've got to take it day, day to day with that one. How did the game off and a couple of days off help Gene Smith's arm? The, I mean, from the injury from before? It's not even a factor. It's that he, as far as I know, that's not even an issue. How did you like the sudden switch of this game from Sunday to Monday night and all that? I like it. I mean, I think it's, it's cool that, you know, that we get a chance to do that and, and uh, fun for everybody. It, it, it messes with next week. You know, that's the, that's the part that we don't like. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of schedule um, challenges. We'll be okay with that. What about the Eagles on, their, on offense particularly? Jumps out. They're, they're a unique team, you know, and it's, it's because it, Jalen is such a unique player. Um, they're able to do all kinds of stuff, and he's a threat. He's almost rushed for 500 yards already, you know, at this point. Uh, so he's a threat back there. He's a terrific scrambler. He's, he's got accuracy. He's completing almost 67% of his passes at this point late in the season. He's, he's doing uh, – he does a lot of stuff, and they use him. You know, they're, they're not – there's no mystery. They know when, when to use him and how to use him, and, and it makes it very difficult uh, because you have to account for him in, in all situations. And so – um, but that's not all. They've, you know, the, their offensive line is excellent. They, they do a nice job of all of their stuff, um, and uh, they've got big time players. And so it, it's this is a this is an offense that gives you a lot of problems just because he's in the middle of all of it. What do you think of the way they run QBs? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, when I first realized that you know how dominant a play it was a year ago, you know, I went right into the mode. This could change the game. You know, this play could change the game. And uh, they've pretty much owned this thing, you know, and they've done a great job with it. And they're 90 something percent conversion when they do it, and almost unstoppable, you know. And uh, I, I, it's something to be challenged, though. I mean, because it does, it's a different phase of the game. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, it's just new, it's just innovative and all of that. And they've done a great job to get that done. And they've crossed over to the, to the world of rugby, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a cool compliment to that, that beautiful game as well. But, uh, you know, we're in it, you know. We got to compete with it and try to figure it out. Um, we'll find out. I guess there were some talks at the league meetings, you know, about the conversations and all. I don't know which way it's going, but um, I, I was kind of surprised that something didn't take place in last season because I thought it was drastic enough. But I wasn't fighting it. it just I was thought it might it might hit the owners and the, the people that run in the league, you know, a little bit differently than than it has. We'll see what happens this time around. What do you think about that play that's different than how other teams have traditionally tried to use quarterback sneaks? Uh, the, the commitment, the commitment to the style of, of you know of the movement of the line of scrimmage, it, which is truly in rugby fashion, you know the scrum that happens in rugby, um, they've really l- latched into that that mentality and that that approach and the physical part of how that works, and so it's just become it's unique and it's really hard to practice too. It's a very difficult thing to practice. They've done it enough now where they're there, but for other teams to try to practice it during the season, in season, it's 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 a challenge, you know. So. Um, you know, it's 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 really their commitment to it is what's made it uh, you know a really good thing for them. Is it hard because of just the physical aspect of it, and teams don't want to be that physical in practice during the season? 
Yeah, that's that's part of it. That's part of the practicing part of it. But I, I think they've started it back in in the off season. I think in uh, might have been in the, in the preseason. You know, I think they did. And I, I know they don't. From what I've heard, they don't practice it anymore in full speed in practice. They don't need to. They've had enough reps at it now. So um, they're way ahead of everybody in that regard. They're, they've been much more successful using it than other teams have when they've tried it. What makes them? Is it just the practice part? Is there some facet? Is the, the fact that Kelsey's just that good at center? Well, that's part of it, you know. Kelsey's he's a big-time player. You know, he does a lot of cool things, and he takes full advantage of this play in particular. He's great at it. But it's all their whole group. It's really the, been their commitment to it, and then the time spent on task and full-speed stuff, they're just ahead of everybody. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard challenge. We've had one shot at it against the Giants, and this will be, you know, I'm sure that they'll find their way to, you know, putting us in that situation. We'll see what happens. When it comes to their defense, you talked a little about Jalen Carter earlier in the week, but the pressure that they generate and, and the amount that they can disrupt on the line. Yeah, well, they're they're loaded up front. You know, they're loaded. Um, Reddick is a fantastic edge rusher as, as a sweat, and then they've got the monsters up up inside that are so so, uh, you know, physical and tough and quick, getting off the rock and all that. They they just cause all of the problems that, that a front can cause, and and uh, they have the, all the variations, the different looks that they do to utilize all of their guys, and it's it's a real challenge. KJ Wright had some pretty incendiary comments on his radio show. I need to talk to KJ. I'm sick and tired of whom? I need to talk to KJ. No. no. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Was Trey Brown in the walkthrough today? Yeah, he's out there. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, they got to gauge what happened out there today. When you guys were looking at DK Metcalf, obviously AJ Brown was his teammate. Just how were were you her of him, and what did you think him as a player? Oh yeah, he's a monster of a player. You know, he's such a such a uh, adept catcher. He had a great catching range, and and hand eye stuff is just as good as you can get. And then he's got the big physical makeup too that adds to it. So he he's, he's really hard to get into his space right? because he he, he uh, he's such a powerful guy, and they really go to him. You know, he's he's all over it. They he's got 90 catches, I think, at this point. And in all situations, he's the star guy and the guy they go to that um, is highlighted worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's really something. Is it pretty unique in the draft time to see two guys at one school. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's that. Look, look how far they've gone already. You know, they've, they've had marvelous starts to their career. When it comes to your passing game, it's been two different quarterbacks the last two weeks, but what have you liked about what's been available downfield? Well, we're, you know, we're still getting our explosives. You know, we're still making plays downfield. And we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're kind of on track with being a fairly explosive football team and uh, on offense. And so we have to keep that going. I think we're 10th or 11th or something like that for explosive plays. It's, it's, it's a good part of our game. You know, so we're going to keep trying to find them. You know, and then you have to create them each week, and then you got to hope for good catch after you know, run after catch and, and stuff like that to make those plays happen. Is there any value? You guys have put, each played the same two teams the last two weeks, and kind of looked at the building and that. Yeah, we've been wa- watching this for a while now. You know, and uh, you know we had we had them three times. They had them two times. You know, so uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of crossover and. We're, it's interesting watching it because we, we really can dig deep into what's going on and try to figure it out and all that stuff. So it's a good, it's a good mystery for us. When there have been mistakes this season, have you found your players to be accountable for those mistakes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, in this room, these guys are great about it, and and uh, 
you know, we talk about our stuff in, in, in the individual rooms and in the defense and offensive meeting rooms and in the big room. Um, this is a this is a good room. I, I love these guys. I love the way that they've approached this thing. They're all in. They want to get it done. They'll do whatever they can. Uh, they're they're uh, really uh, consistent about helping their teammates and, and all that. So the mentality is really good. Jamal's obviously battled a lot physically to kind of make it back. I guess you know, just how do you assess sort of how he's dealt with that and how he's. I think he's done an extraordinary job of battling because there was a time in the off season he couldn't he couldn't walk right you know and. Uh, and he just kept working his way through it and working his way through it and just climbing back you know, back to normal. And, and it's been a real battle. It's been it, the physical part's hard. One, I mean, he can't walk normal you know, for, for months. And then uh, he, he made it back. So I think he deserves all the credit in the world for fighting through it and competing his tail off. And, uh, and it, it, he'll continue to get better. He'll con- it's going to go all the way to into next season, his rehab and his, and his conditioning and all that stuff. Um, and he'll he'll just get better. There's some a couple other guys that we know of that have been through the same similar surgery, and it takes it's a two year recovery to get all the way back to everything. And so he's he's done a marvelous job. Artie Burns is he okay? Uh, Artie went through the walkthrough today. He's looking okay. What have what you thought about Kobe Bryant since he's got back? To, he hasn't played a ton, but he had to get in the mix a little bit last week for you. Just how he's kind of progressed. <clears throat> yeah, we we can all kind of feel. We're excited that he's back. You know, he, Kobe's got a good mentality about him and tough, and he's a playmaking kid. Um, so we've all been looking, you know, for him to find his place on the field again. And, and uh, it's kind of hard because he kind of got buried for he's been out for such a long time. But. Um, we haven't forgotten about the, the player that he is, and he's stronger and he's he's more uh, tuned into things now. He, he can do a lot of things, but all kinds of different positions for us now. Um, so uh, he, he's he's creeping his way back in. Even with Trey Brown, how did you anticipate Mike Jack playing at all against Philly? <clears throat> yeah, Mike's ready. Mike played a really good game. He had a great week last week and in, in, uh, in, in taking advantage of the opportunity, and he played well. He had a couple knockdowns on third down. Um, you know, and so I, I was really fired up about Mike getting back out. So if we need him, he's ready to go. And so we'll see how that goes. He'll get a lot of work today. The touchdown that Colby Parkinson against the Niners, it's a play that you had seen last year. How satisfying was it? I, I just thought it was a cool play. Cool no, yeah, it was. It, I thought it was an excellent job, Shane, you know, putting it together and getting it done and, and the execution. The guys did it perfectly. Everybody did all it was because it's an intricate play. And uh, Drew pulled it off, you know, and, and then Kobe did it exactly right. So he was in position to make the play. That was a cool play. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's actually, it's a very old, it's a way, I mean, way back in the history of the league that play's been out. But it, it popped up a couple times in the last couple of years. So that's cool that we, uh, we were able to cash in on it. How do you feel about where your run game is right now? Say it again. How do you feel about where your running game is right now? Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, there's a consistency to it that I wish it was more, more, more so. You know, we're kind of finding our way into the 80, 90 yard kind of areas. We, we need to get more yards out of it, and we're at the we've hit a threshold for some reason of 20 to 23 plays, and we need to run the ball a few more times and get and take advantage of it. It's just part of mixing the whole thing. So I'm 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 hoping we can continue to go. We're going to need it down the stretch here. You know, the way I help you on this one. The way I'm looking at this thing with with five other teams that are in this situation, same one we're in, basically, it's the tournament's on. You know, I mean, here we go, and and uh, uh, it's one week at a time. We and we got to fight our way out of this thing. We can still get better, and there's areas that we're working on in, in parts of our game that we hope we can improve and, and take better advantage of our guys and all that kind of stuff. This is still a, a, a really wide open op- opportunity, and I don't know how the other guys are looking at it, but I'm looking at it like it's playoff time all the way down the stretch here, and every game's going to make make a difference, and, and as they always do, but it's even more amplified now, you know. So, um, 
I'm hoping that we can improve there, you know, and and, and uh, get a little bit better production to complement what we're doing with the, with the throwing game. So we'll see how it goes. Improving starts with that Monday night game against the Eagles. Let's talk to Ray Roberts, and then following Ray, we'll have Steve Rabel on to get a preview for Monday night. Don't go anywhere. This is the Huddle. Every Thursday from noon to 2. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Let's go in! The Huddle. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Joining us now, we are going in the trenches with Ray Roberts. And, Ray, uh, I was just talking with someone the other day about what's been going on with the offense. It seems like they have so much talent, and they just haven't been able to take advantage of, of everything. So my question is not necessarily just about this past week, but about your evaluation all season long. How has the offensive line been for Seattle this year? Uh, to me, you know, with, with the shuffling uh, back and forth with all the dudes, uh, you'd have to kind of give them a little bit of a, a, a high grade because they've been able to try to you know, be efficient with so many dudes coming in and out. But looking at it overall, the, the three words that I wrote down was pre- precision, consistency, and finish. And uh, and precision means that, uh, like, there was a play, I think of the second drive, where uh, Damon Lewis was pulling from left to right to trap the three technique, and uh, the three technique kind of wrong-shouldered the block. So he took his outside shoulder and drove down inside uh, of the blocker. So in that situation, either the running back has to – jump to the outside and, and run that lane or the, uh, the the guard has to dig out that three technique so that the running back can stay straight down the field. Neither one of those things happened. And, uh, because if, if one of those things would have happened, it would have been a big run. Either way, Kenneth Walker, if one of those things would have happened, would have run right to the safety. If you look at the way the, the 49ers do it, on the other hand, they had a hat on a hat on the toss. Right, Bobby Wagner was the only dude that kind of came free that forced the ball back inside, but there was a gap between uh, the left tackle and the next blocker of about four or five yards. So there's a huge hole for the running back to turn into. So the precision of what they did uh, is what really helped that play, and the lack of precision is what kept our running back from hitting his head on the goalpost. And then the consistency is to just do it over and over and over and over. If you look at the double teams by the – 49ers, man, they're perfect. They're solid. They 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 secure the, the down lineman, and then they get quickly up to the second level and get a hat on the hat. And then then uh, Christian McCaffrey just has to you know break off of uh, you know he 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 cuts you know according to the opposite color that he sees, and he finds it the big hole. Uh, we don't do that on a consistent basis. Our double teams get split. We don't get up to the second level you know consistently. So then our running game gets shut down. And then the finish part of it, um, the the 49ers, on every play, every person blocking is working to drive a dude's back in the dirt. I can't say that that's not that they don't want to do that with the Seahawks. You just don't see it as often as you see a, a, an offensive line like the 49ers. So this idea around precision, uh, consistency, and finish is kind of what I see. Hey, Big Ray, on last week um, I felt like the Hawks did a good job attaching their tight ends to the to the line of scrimmage. Obviously, uh, for protection reasons, right? Protection reasons, right? You have Fred Warner, Greenlaw, and then that defensive line. Um, I feel like they should do a bit more of that this week too, man, because that allow the tight ends to get more involved in the game plan. One, is it 
necessary to have the Titans attached to the line of scrimmage this week um, when you look at Philly and what they, they bring to the table? And um, what did you think of the way they used their Titans last week? Yeah, well, as it relates to the running game with the tight ends, I would much rather have them attached to the line of scrimmage. Or if you have, you know, if you have, you know, two tight ends in, you have Fant attached to the line of scrimmage. You have Parkinson coming in and uh, coming in motion, but he's still at the line. I don't like running the football with both of the tight ends in the backfield because it's too far away from the line of scrimmage and it allows for penetration, which it, then is going to already dictate to the running back what he what he has to do and so i don't like even though the formation looks kind of cool to me it hasn't been fruitful for them so i like i like them having um uh the tight ends at the point of attack uh because it just gives them a better chance of being successful in those blocks and then also it gives you you know you can then the play actually can look different you know if they're on the line of scrimmage getting lost in the shuffle and then can you know pop out for for you know a pass over the middle or in the flat or something like that. Uh, I think it buys you a little bit more time to be to help with the protection and to find a receiver that's open if you're going deep to shallow in your in your progression. I like that. It looks cool, but it's not fruitful. That was uh, <laughs> one of your best there, big dog. Uh, I and I'm going to ask you because. You're the only guy I know that has been fined by the NFL more than me. Um, <laughs> what what you what do you think about that whole? I lost so much respect for Fred Warner, but that whole right. brawl. I mean, look, DK. I guess that's an illegal tackle now. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me, just because you got to get the guy on the ground and however you need to do it. Right. I don't think it was excessive, but then him, you know, shoving DK in the back, and then the way they they treated that afterwards, and how there was this whole you know thing about a you know a bounty or you know Christmas present, mm-hmm. I guess it was. I, I don't know. I, what was your your takeaway from from that brawl? Well, I, I think the the there's a couple takeaways. One is that the broadcast team just totally took and ran with this whole idea that DK was so in the wrong and that they couldn't understand where this was coming from and everything without acknowledging <laughs> on the replay that the dude just headbutted him in the back of the head while he's yeah. on the ground. Uh, and so I think that was unfair to DK. Uh, but then also uh, DK brings this type of stuff to himself because mm-hmm. of the, his, uh, because of how he wants to play and his, and his, um, uh, will to to not change in his words. He's going to play the way he plays, and uh, and it's not necessarily changing the way you play, but changing the way you respond uh, in the moments. Because yeah, you probably had every right to kind of be upset and frustrated and all those kinds of things, but you have to also know the game within the game. I think that's where DK is losing in this battle, is he's not understanding the game within the game. And to their credit, the 49ers played the game within the game. They said, okay, let's, whether you like it or not, we're going to push this dude's buttons because he's going to lose control, right? And so sometimes the best way to be strong <laughs> and win is to not respond. You know, and you can, so you can still go out and be the physical DK you want to be. You can be a big dominant football player. You can be fast. You can do all these things. But in those moments between the whistles, sometimes the strongest, uh, most effective thing you can do is to not respond. Silence is also a response. And, uh, and so I think that he needs to learn that because otherwise I think teams are just going to keep doing it. Players are going to keep doing it. Uh, you know, I had to learn at, at a, a certain point that, like, um, as much as I wanted to be this enforcer for the team, uh, not only was it uh, damaging my, my paycheck, uh, but it was also, you know, I was, I was getting taken out of games, which was hurting the team. I was, uh, you know, 
getting penalties, 15-yard penalties, which was hurting the team. So you have to – you can still be physical, violent DK, but you have to also know that there's a game within the game, and that's the game that you're losing. Whether you want to say you are or not or you want to you know, be the, you know, sound tough and say, like, you know, I'm going to do what I do, this, that, and the other thing, well, okay, keep doing that, and the fines will keep piling up, and people are going to keep challenging you this way because you've kind of invited it. And so, uh, to me, you have to, you have to find a way – as a player to go, okay, what is good for the team in this situation? Not what's good for me, the individual and my reputation and all that kind of stuff, but what is good for the team in between the whistles that, uh, that I need to consider. And that sometimes is just being quiet and just going on back to the huddle. Well said, Ray, you can hear more from big Ray Roberts on the Seahawks pre and post game show. Now, obviously that's uh, normally every Sunday. Don't forget you guys. It's a Monday this time around. Uh, Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys have a great See ya. All right. Uh, We're going to hear from another one of your favorite Seahawks voices, the voice of the Seahawks. Steve Rabel joins us next. This this is the Huddle. Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Ross, and joining us right now, voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Raves, how's it going? Great, guys. How are you? Uh, good. I mean, obviously, uh, much like the last couple games, wish it wasn't coming off a loss. But, Rabel, I don't know if it's uh, because losing five in a row is kind of hard or because the Eagles just aren't as strong a team as they were last year. But um, Bump and Wyman have convinced me to be more optimistic about this game. How are you feeling about it? I'm the same way. Um, I, and I don't normally agree with Dave about anything. But this I agree. <laughs> um, I, I just I, I think that. I think the Seahawks, you know, they're, they're not playing. Obviously, they haven't played well enough to win in the last four. But the matchups I like in this game, the fact that the Eagles have kind of been on a slide, although that also makes them a little more dangerous. But, um, you know, the Seahawks, this is, this is uncharted territory for Pete and the Seahawks uh, at four straight losses. Uh, I think it ends there. I, I think they win uh, on Monday night. Being at home on Monday night really helps. And I just think that there's, you know, there's been a come to Jesus meeting uh, earlier in the week uh, with with the team to just say, listen, uh, it, it rides on this week, so let's get out there and win. Raves, um, last week the Hawks gave us something to believe in. Honestly, I mean, you can look at obviously the explosive plays by the Niners and say, all right, the defense isn't good enough. But there were times where the defense got the Seahawks the football with a chance to either cut into the lead or, 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 or get ahead. Am I foolish for thinking that the defense really didn't play that horribly and, and it was closer than it seemed? Well, it, I mean, at times it was. And as we were doing the broadcast, uh, you know, we, we felt like we were kind of climbing back into it. After you get punched in the mouth, we came right back down the field and scored with our opening drive. And um, that that's not something that's happened a lot against the Niners. So uh, I, I felt I felt pretty good about it as well. We just didn't make enough plays, and we gave up uh, just a, you know several too many of those huge explosive plays. I mean, for a team to average almost ten yards a play uh, against you defensively, that's that's really not very good. Uh, but a lot of it was those huge plays, you know, fifty-four yards, seventy yards, uh, forty-seven yards, whatever they were. It, it was just uh, too much. But I, I also think that that you're right. We were closer in that game certainly than we were on Thanksgiving night. And, uh, you know, you clean up a a couple of things and you have a chance. 
And as Dave and I often talk about it, as being an offensive guy, I kind of think that had we been able to just sustain a few more drives on offense, uh, you, you've got a chance to win that football game. So, no, I'm, I'm just like you, Bump. I'm, I'm kind of positive about this week. Yeah, that, the defense caused a lot of grunting during the broadcast from me. Uh, yeah. You know, it luckily did. it wasn't audible. So we didn't, we didn't I, hear that. I, hear, oh, I could hear you. I could sense your yeah. frustration, Dave. And so imagine, if you're that frustrated, imagine Pete and yeah. the coaches and players being that frustrated on uh, Tell the Truth Monday. Yeah, and, you know, I want to ask you, talk to you about Pete a little bit because, um, you know, I just – it really bothered me that, you know, he answered the not I'm not irritated with Pete, obviously. It's about the way I perceive that he's being treated because, you know, he had to say, hey, go ask them, you know, as far as is the message getting through. I feel like, you know, I was, I was kind of pissed this week because I, I feel like Pete does a really good job of being like the, a player's coach. It's he sets the culture here. Um, he rewards the guys. You know, you and I are on the flight. The guys get to sit up in first class. I mean, and that used to be just when they won. Now they're up there, you know, on the way down, on the way back. I feel like he treats them pretty well. And if they're just kind of shunning his message, uh, this guy's got a pretty good track record, everybody. I mean, he won at a historic historic pace in college. And then, you know, it's his 14th year, been to the playoffs 11 times. I don't know. It just it just made me made me angry. And I felt like, you know, it I don't know. I just it feels like a bunch of uh, kids that are spoiled brats or something, you know, and I know it's not the entire team, but there's a few guys that apparently aren't getting the message. And it just I don't know. How, how, how did you take that? Well, first of all, the words you said, they're kids. This is a very young football team. Granted, we have some leaders starting with Bobby, but even Bobby said, this is not on after, after the game in San Francisco. This isn't on the coaches. He said, this is on us, the players. And he's smart enough to understand that. I mean, he can look at the film and see. He knows uh, that they just didn't make enough plays, and they gave up too many plays. But this is a young team, and so – Sometimes you have to go through these growing pains uh, to, to come out the other side uh, as a winner. You know, he, was, he specifically pointed out several players. He hasn't done that uh, really in the past. But he said these guys know, and they're, uh, you know, by, by the assumption of that is that they're also good enough to know when they haven't made the plays or when they've made mistakes. So uh, I, I think he firmly believes that, that they can right this ship uh, and it just takes a little more concentration, a little more focus, especially at game time. And it also takes not playing the 49ers a third time this year unless you get into the playoffs because the Niners have just beaten the daylights out of a lot of people, including the Eagles that we're going to face uh, on Monday night. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I think Pete is, is – uh, he's a terrific coach. He's a winning coach. He's got a winning philosophy uh, he, that, that has been his philosophy over the years – um, now it's a matter of does do, do the players hear it uh, every single day? And I know I've talked to him a lot. It takes a lot of work to kind of, you know, change that message but still keep it the same. Every week you've got to go in there every day and prepare something to say for these guys to get them ready. It didn't used to be that way. Back in the day, um, and this goes back to, you know, when, when I played, which was a 1,000 years ago, but there was not a message every single day. You guys are pros. Your guys are going to figure it out. Prepare. Let's go out and win. And that, that was kind of it. So, uh, you know, I admire Pete for what he does to try to get all these guys on the same page, especially the youngsters.
obviously if you keep winning and you win out, you give yourself a nice chance with some help from some other teams to still get to the playoffs. But Rabe's outside of that, obviously, the, the push to the playoffs. What do you think this team can prove this year? Wow, good question. I, I think they can prove that uh, that the, the two drafts, the two most recent drafts that they've had, were not only successful but were bumper crops of great football players, great young football players. But you, you can't just look at it on paper. You have to go out there and do it on the field. Um, you also completely rebuilt the front of your defense, uh, at least the, the down mm-hmm. linemen, proved that those guys were all good choices, proved that your offense can continue to be explosive while your running game is still trying to find itself a little bit. There, there are lots of things to prove uh, between now and, you hope, uh, a playoff run. Once you get there, if you get there, you know, all bets are off. Uh, granted, you're, you're not going to be hosting a playoff game, but I've seen a lot of teams go into some place that's tough to play, like Tampa Bay going in to Green Bay with snow on the ground and beating them up there in Wisconsin uh, in the middle of January. So stranger things have happened. Raves, um, in moments like, like this four-game losing stretch, um, uh, Pete gets a lot of the attention that he should, right? He's the head coach. Um, what type of pressure do you think these assistants feel? Because, you know, he's the delegator. He delegates responsibilities. But um, it's really the, the guys beneath him that, that do a lot of the, uh, the dirty work for him. What do you think this experience is like for those guys? And how do they factor in to uh, turning things around? Oh, listen, it's, it's just as tough uh, on them. Maybe tougher on them sometimes than the players. Uh, you know, Pete, while he doesn't, you know, dictate every piece of the offensive and defensive game plans, he knows what's going on. He understands. He, he gets it better than anybody. He sees what he has. During the course of the week, that's what he's watching at practice. How do these guys do in this situation? Are we putting them in the right place to win, both offensively and defensively? And then when it comes time to, to really paring down the game plan to what these guys do well, he's also involved in every part of that. But he also gives his assistant coaches the chance to go out there and teach and coach and, and somehow get across that message of how important every individual play is. So, yeah, there's, there's pressure on those guys, too. There's pressure on the entire organization because, as, as we talked about, this is, this is not something that the Seahawks have done in the last, what, 14 years. They've not had this kind of run of losing four straight and having one of the top three teams in the NFC coming to visit you. I, I like, though, our chances on Monday night. We've always done well on Monday night, and especially so at home. So uh, I, I think, again, as we said where we started, I think we have a really good chance against Philadelphia, but you got to go out there and be more, just more consistent, you know, just make plays on offense, keep the sticks moving. Um, and, and on defense, you can't allow the big plays this against this against the team in Philadelphia that thrives on big plays. He is the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. You can hear him on the call on Monday alongside Dave Wyman. Thanks, Rabes. Thanks, Rabes. Right, you. See you tomorrow, Rabes. You're going to punch yeah. the clock tomorrow, pal. I'm coming in. For those of you that are listening, be prepared. It's going to be a couple of hours of truly joyous time. Are you guys co-hosting to- together? Yeah. <gasps> Got Rabel off the couch. You know, it's probably going to be past his bedtime by the time we finish, but yeah, we're going to two to <laughs> four o'clock. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait to listen, Rabes. Oh, uh, you, you'll be at home sleeping. You won't be listening. But thank you. for <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, pal. He is Steve Rabel. Okay.
Uh, wow, that's fun. So you guys are uh, hosting together for Friday. Yeah, tomorrow from 2 to 4. So uh, got a couple surprises uh, yeah. lined up for Rabel. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. You guys are obviously friends, even though you tease each other a lot. Do you ever get so comfortable hosting with someone that you forget that you're hosting and start just making fun of each other? Or you're, you feel like you're yeah. just, you know. <laughs> that happened yesterday with Rabel. Shooting the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. forget for a minute. Bob about lost it. But I, he, I don't know, Rabel and I say these kinds of things to each other all the time we yeah. make fun of each yeah, other yeah. and whole thing he was trying to get his glasses out of his pocket and and talk and he starts talking without the the microphone on and so i said uh i said the microphone button is not in your jacket because <laughs> he was like going through his jacket and then bob and then thought like, that was really funny I'm on air. I gotta, yeah I gotta be but anytime here. you know we can zing each other it's yeah. uh, it's always good uh all right we are going to be joined uh coming up at 45 after by john boyle who's going to give us a few health updates on this team and again a look ahead to monday night before we do though you're going to hear the latest from bobby wagner that's coming your way next This is the Huddle, presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply, every Thursday from noon to two on Seattle Sports. You are listening to the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. We're going to take a listen into Bobby Wagner's press conference live now. I would say we're a couple plays and a couple penalties away. Um, I feel like there's, you know, a lot of moments in certain games where penalties hurt us, where certain plays that don't get executed right hurt us. And so, um, you know, I feel like we got to go back to the basics, got to go back to the foundation and um, make the plays when they need to be made and, and turn this thing around a little bit. Explosives in particular, what's keeping it out of the game? You know, that could be studying more, being more on. I think it's just more so just. Um, the little things, making sure that you're mindful of the little things at, at every given point, because you never know when that little thing is going to um, be a big part of the game. Pete Carroll this week was a little uncharacteristic of singling players out for not executing what the game or the coaching was with the 49ers. Second and nine, they, they never run the ball. They throw the kill. Is he as frustrated as you've seen him in all your time with him right now? Um... I think it's uh, the whole situation is is frustrating. Obviously, we have a lot of talent that um, you know we need to find a way to maximize that talent. But you know he's still the same positive self, so um, I didn't really look into it that much. There's talk of losing the locker room at this point of the season. Younger players that haven't been around, maybe not internalizing the message. Do you sense any of that? Do you think it's often? No, I think it's uh, you know when you go on a four game losing streak, everybody tries to find something tries to create the reason you know especially people that's not in the locker room they try to come up with the reason because you try to figure out what is going wrong and so you can name a player you can name the this you could do that you know winning cures all of that so the moment you win then it's you know it's a whole different story so um we understand what we need to do we need to do it quick There's what? Infighting? Distractions and infighting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I, I saw the whole clip, but, you know, KJ is a media person now. And so, um, y'all know how that goes. Not a shot at you guys at all, though. Genuinely, genuinely. Do the playoffs start this week for you guys? I don't think we can 
I don't think we could think like that, in my honest opinion. Um, I think we need to make sure we win and do what we need to do to win, and everything else will take care of itself. The moment we start thinking about playoffs and this and that and all this other stuff, you um, you miss what's right in front of you. So I, I don't think that's my message to the guys, or I don't think that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as we have a good team, um, you know, coming in here. We have got to do better, and we need to win, and that's the focus, and everything else will take care of itself. Jalen Hurts' skill set that no other quarterback can emulate, whether it's the touch push or just his ability to run and to throw. What is it that makes him unique? Um, I think it's it's always tough to to go against a guy that can you know um, make really good passes, but also uses his feet when he needs to. Um, you know, the touch push thing. I don't think anybody can. Solve it. You just try to, you know, hope that you stop it when you need to. Um, they they've been really successful in that. But I think the biggest thing for defenses is to not let them get to that third and one or fourth and one or get to the goal line that allows them to do that. Um, so we have to do a really good job on first and second down, um, creating those longer yardages so you don't get them into that situation because they're very successful at it. Um, and you know we'll be ready for it been practicing that though there's one team that runs it with great success that's philly so how much time could you spend looking at it or practicing i mean i think we've practiced it a lot just because you know um the teams over the uh, the years saw how successful it's been so you saw other teams try to do it but nobody's been able to do it as well as they do it um so you know you take uh you're mindful of it but at the end of the day like like i said they're not doing the tush push in first and ten or second and nine or 39 they're doing it in 31 you know second and one short yardages so you just got to make sure you get them out of those positions is a yard about as far as they'll they'll like if they have a yard will they ever try it on like fourth and two or for sure i think against the 49ers in the red zone it was like third and or second and three or something and they went for it and then they just did it again until they got to the end zone so they'll definitely do it um sooner than you think but um, in those moments, I think it's, it's more closer to the, the red zone. It's more closer to scoring. You guys have had, uh, had games flux on us, you know, from a day game to that night game before. Is, it how, is it weird at all to have a, a game move from one day to another like this? Um, I don't think so. I think in this particular situation, you get an extra day of rest. And so I think that's nice. I think it's, you know, you look at it from that perspective as a player. I mean, I think the... The difference would be if they they took a day from you. You know, if I was we was playing Monday night and then they made it Sunday night, that would be more of a difference than you know, kind of adding a day to your um, to your routine. Are you getting guys to focus on doing the little things? Are you messaging is it them remembering when they're successful or just who they are in terms of as you mentioned the um, I think it's a reminder of who they are, but I also think it's, it's um, over-communicating. You know, sometimes that's when a little thing might slip or whatever because you're not talking or you're not, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page. And so that's the whole message is making sure everybody's on the same page because it's not just an individual person. This is a team game. So um, being able to make sure everybody's on one accord is the biggest thing. Is there anything that's been harder about that with this year at all than, say, five or six years ago? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, obviously, you know, you got a lot more young guys, or like for myself, it's a lot more new faces. But you know, it's the same thing. It's not. It's not much harder.
Bobby, you're one of the eight finalists for the Art Rooney Award. Just what does that mean to you and the, the company and the, a lot of other big names on there? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I think, um, you know, when you look at the list of guys, the other seven guys, they're, you know, really amazing players, really amazing people. So to be in that, that group is really cool. Be up for this award is, is really cool. So, um, you know, I don't know what goes into picking the person, but, you know, if I do, then it's, it'd be a blessing for sure. How do you feel about the league maybe doing something about this hip drop tackle? Um, I'm not a fan of it, personally. Uh, I think playing um, playing defense is hard enough. Um, I just don't understand, like, if you have a guy going forward and you're kind of behind him, like, I don't know what other technique that you want us to use to get them to stop their momentum. These are very strong, fast-moving individuals. Um, but I'm not surprised. So um, if they do do it, then it is what it is. We've got to adjust. Um, just makes the game a little bit harder, but it'll be fine. All right, we're going to check in on the health of this team and preview one last time Monday night football between the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles and Seattle Seahawks. Don't go anywhere. John Boyle coming up next. This is the Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Ross, and joining us now, John Boyle. John, we got some encouraging news about Geno Smith, who obviously missed last week. And uh, I, we talked about kind of liking, you know, a lot of what we saw from Drew. Yeah. But you want your starter back out of there. Course. What do we hear from Pete? Yeah, what Pete said is, you know, we saw that he, Gino went through the walkthrough today, which is encouraging, and that he will practice today. We'll see. I mean, he could very well still be limited, but just the fact that he's well enough to be doing that early in the week, because yeah. you would think, I mean, look, they're going to take it day by day, and they're not going to tell us anything for sure until we get to the end of the week, but you would think if it was, you know, still a, still a serious issue that they were concerned about, they would wait longer to put him out there. So the fact that he's practicing to start the week is a very good sign. How's Ken Walker feeling, looking? Good. Pete said both both those running backs came out of the game really well. You know, both guys coming off injuries, and he said both are feeling good, practicing today. So, I mean, based off what we got from Pete today, it sounds like the biggest injury concern will be Witherspoon. He's not going to practice today. Carroll called it day-to-day, so we'll see how that mm-hmm. goes. But otherwise, it sounds like, you know, that, that extra day off should help them a little, and they should get pretty healthy this week. I was surprised with uh, K-9 because um, – he was like going full out, like that one spin play. Where, yeah, and I'm like, that, that doesn't look like a guy who. I yeah, like, I feel like he was really took a step as far as playing through pain. Yeah, no, that's really encouraging. That you worry, you know, a guy who's so dynamic and not just you know downhill power guy. His elusiveness is a big part of his game. So you worry with like an oblique. Okay, even if he's back, yeah. can he cut like he needs to? Bounce around like he needs to? And yeah, I mean, it was it was tough running because the 49ers defense is really good. But he made some plays that sure made it look like he's doing just fine. Um, we talked with uh, Rabel a bit earlier in the show, just as we obviously do every Thursday. Yep. And uh, one of the questions that we talked about with him was, what did the Seahawks have to prove over the remainder of the year? If you're looking at it from a coaching lens, what can Pete Carroll prove with his program, his team over the next four weeks? I mean, to me, it's all about, I mean, obviously the first goal is to win a bunch of games and get of the course. playoffs, but also for, for the coaching staff and everybody involved to just show that like this team is still progressing the way you want them to. I mean, it's still a young team. And they're not going to call what they started last year a rebuild, but whatever this kind of adjustment to the roster, getting younger, changing quarterbacks. Editing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a reset, whatever we want to yeah. call it. It's not a real quick and easy process. So 
playoffs or not, if they can finish the season really strong, show that they're making progress, beat some good teams down the stretch here, win Monday would obviously be huge for that. It, it makes you feel a lot better going to the offseason no matter you know what things end with. It just you know showing that this team is going to respond well to adversity mm-hmm. is a big deal because they've, they've never been through this. I mean, yeah. it's pretty remarkable to go 14 seasons without a four-game losing streak. They're the only team in the NFL to do that, going back that far. I so. was thinking of that the other day as we were talking about it, and both Bump and I, and I'm sure, uh, Dave, uh, you and Bob, were balancing this idea of being like, that's not a great situation, but it's kind of good that they haven't been in this situation. Yeah, they, they've like, never the been there. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just being able to respond well to it, I think, mm-hmm. I think would be a good thing. You think they figured out the rotation on the offensive line, do you think we'll just see a lot more Abe? What, what's yeah, I mean, it was mostly Abe. I think Peter's only played one or two series, so it was, it was less balanced last week. And I think that's partly just Abe getting fully up to speed and healthy. And Pete Carroll said, you know, today that Abe came out of that game feeling kind of like he's all the way back and feeling better. So, you know, I, I would guess if he doesn't play every snap that he plays the bulk of them. And then, you know, I think they like what they've gotten out of Bradford at guard so far, but they do like to keep Peters involved. He's been really good for them, and you want to reward the, the veteran coming in doing what he's done. So it's nice. It gives you that versatility. You can play both those spots. But, yeah, I think they're settling in a little bit. They've had more continuity these last few weeks than they've really had all season. You know, we did the John Schneider show in the offseason this last year, and I remember how excited John was when he came down here after they signed Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. And it, just the, the way that he played, I, I felt like he was very calm afterwards. He didn't get a lot of reps during the week, right? Yeah, and we, I don't know exactly when it happened in practice Thursday, but yeah. you know, you practice all day Wednesday with Gino as your starter and at least some of Thursday, so yeah. you're only getting maybe half of the, the three days of reps. And right. Wednesday's usually the biggest day in terms of that. So. And I'm not saying he's a starting quarterback or anything, but I felt like he took a huge step. What, yeah. What's been the conversation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for a guy that he hadn't started since he was in Denver in 2021, and that's a tough circumstance. As you said, he didn't get the full week of practice. And even when he was getting the reps with the ones, you don't know for sure if you're starting or not. It's just a little different yeah. for you mentally. And then, oh, by the way, you're playing arguably the best defense in the NFL on the road. So to go out, they put you in that hole, two plays in the game, whereas an offense, like, okay, here we go. We got to make something happen and to march down the field get a touchdown. Look, it wasn't perfect. As he said, you know, he, he missed on that deep ball to, to, DK that he kind of left too far inside and let the safety make a play, you know, made a few mistakes here and there. But for a backup quarterback on the road against that team, I thought he performed very well. What do we make of the run defense in general? Because there was obviously they started out the season strong and then there was that period of like four or five weeks when the defense as a whole was great. Run defense was the focus of the offseason. You, yeah. you face, I mean, you face Baltimore, you face Cleveland, which was a win, but you allowed, you know, quite a few. You face San Francisco, like you just face tough teams. That average is now way down, yeah. but what do you make of their development and growth there as a whole? Yeah, it's tough to judge because yeah. it's, it's just really inconsistent would be the best way to describe it. And even, I mean, this last game was a great example of that is first place goes out 72 exactly. yards. You just make some mistakes and boom, he's out. And then I think his next like four carries were like a yard. <laughs> so it's like they defended a lot of plays really well, but that doesn't matter if you give up. You the know, one explosive. Yeah, and it wasn't just the one. He had a couple other 20-plus yeah. runs. So in the balance, it sure doesn't look good, but they've done some things well this year. So I still overall feel more confident about this run defense than I did a year ago, but it's yeah. they need to just do it more consistently. Uh, JSN, I like the way they're using him. You see his like growth in this offense. Uh, mm-hmm. By the end of this year, um, I guess I wouldn't. he's never going to be a number two receiver, but do you think um, – 
Am I seeing this correctly? Do you think Shane Waldron is trying to find more ways to get him the football? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're seeing his targets up. And, and the thing that's jumped out to me, I, I don't have the numbers to back this up, so maybe I'm just way off, but it, it seems like they're trusting him in high leverage moments a lot. Like a lot of third downs are going his mm-hmm. way now and you know some late game moments. So the trust is there with the quarterbacks. It's there with the coordinator. And yeah, I mean, he's... You know, he's not going to be top two when the other two are Lockett and Metcalf, but he's closing that gap in terms of you look at the targets, the playing time. He's on the field almost as much as those two, you know, these last few games, and he's become a really big part of the offense. Any, any mentions of uh, his altercation on on Sunday? A lot of people, I mean, we yeah, no, everybody's on focused DK, on the end of the game. Kinda, I, I kind of like the young buck getting in the yeah, veteran's face know, a little bit. Yeah, you don't want the penalties, obviously, but there's it's always that give and take. If you don't want to take unnecessary penalties, but you also like when guys you know stand up for their teammates, stand up for themselves. So, but yeah, they you know if you can avoid those fifteen yarders, it's nice. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> what? I, ah, we should have we should have taken a poll on this or had a bet. What does Pete call the short yardage situation with the Eagles? I don't know ah. if he referred to it by name of yeah like is, is it brotherly, brotherly shove, shove or push? push. Yeah, I like brotherly shove better just because it you know ties to the city and all that. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, has Pete talked about that at all? Yeah, he talked about it a little bit today and just kind of basically how good they are at it and uniquely. I mean, other teams try it and they just don't yeah. do it as well. And I, you know, some of that, as Pete pointed out, is their line's really good at it. They're really committed to it. But it's also, I mean, you have a quarterback who's, you know, such a good athlete and strong. I mean, you, there's all these stats out there, or numbers out there about like he squats like 600 some pounds. It's yeah. like, yeah, that. Not every quarterback can push a pile himself like he does. So. Uh, you know, I don't think most people, there's a talk about banning it and all that. And you talk to people, you know, Larry Williams was asked about today because he's seen it plenty when he was with the Giants. And yeah. he kind of said, like, look, it doesn't really seem fair to ban it just because one team's better at it than everybody else. Yeah, and everyone so. else has tried. Not everyone else. Yeah, but, but a, lot team, teams a lot of teams try it. Yeah. 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 yeah, not every team uh, has the right I feel like he'd it. be a good one to start with as far as somebody in the middle to clog that up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we see. We have like sure we'll 40 see seconds to wrap up our final thoughts for the huddle. So I'm going to do a fill-in-the-blank answer for all of us. The Seahawks win Monday night if blank. John, we'll start with you, and then I'll finish up. Score more points. No. Yeah, <laughs> great, fantastic. No, I'm, I'm going to say just limit the big plays on defense. Okay. That's been the real killer. Like, I'm, I'm not going to provide an if. They're going to win. Wow. I like it. Oh, They're going to say it with your chest. Okay, wow. Say it with your chest. Uh, rush for 100 <laughs> yards. <laughs> rush for 100, 100 yards. I can't do that. God, I was going to steal that one from you. I'm going to say, uh, I am going to say don't turn the ball over. I'll stick with like a, some fundamentals there. Limit penalties, don't turn the ball over. Uh, all right, that will do it for us uh, for this week, you guys. This has been The Huddle. Don't forget, this is a Monday night game between the Seahawks and Eagles. Thank you, John Boyle, for joining Boyle. us. Boyle. You can read more from Boyle's, Boyle's work at Seahawks.com. <laughs> Dave you call him Broyle? No, we're ending the, I we're ending her up. the I show. I messed her up. Focus, Stacey. This is Ben the Huddle. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>